Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. I'm Sophie. I'm Yelly. And this is She's All Fat. The podcast for fat positivity, radical self-love, and chill vibes only. And this week, the podcast for all your Melissa McCarthy needs. That's right. Today we're bringing on three experts of culture to talk about (laughs) this fat icon and the shows and movies that do and don't bring her justice. Sophie, who's on our little panel? Melissa McCarthy. No, JK, if she couldn't do the Gilmore Girls reboot, she def isn't coming on the pod, but... (laughs) We do have our fat culture sommelier, Abby, who you know from our Fatty Film School episodes on the main feed and the Patreon. We've got fat influencer, Sean Taylor, who you've seen on The Circle, and writer, critic, and co-host of the Bad Romance podcast, Jordan Searles. Okay, this lineup is unreal, but first, another unreal, our news corner. No, news corner is real. Family, we're working on an episode about hashtag just fat things, which we will have more of next season. And we want you to call in with your fat things. Specifically, your bathroom things, your toilet woes, your potty probs. (laughs) Call our voicemail box at 213-375-5023 and tell us what grinds your gears while you're grinding your gears. Lynn. Lynn. <laughs> oh my god, the script is incredible. Special shout out to our Patreon fat bully. Yelly, what's happening on the Patreon this week? Well, Team Paisley Moo patrons have access to our Facebook group where folks are talking a lot about books this week. We're all obsessed with books that are coming out, books that are Ooh. already out. Some of us are reading Dumplin' for the first time. It's very fun. And as always, our patrons are getting a bonus SAF mini-sode every week. This season, our bonus mini-sodes are all Fatty Film School episodes where I bring on a guest to chat with me about fat rep and fat phobia in movies and TV. This week, mini-sode is even more Melissa McCarthy with me and Abby. Sign up at patreon.com slash she's all fat pod for access to all of our Fatty Film School episodes and more. That's all the real and fake news we have. Here is the episode. fat culture sommelier abby to give her informed melissa mccarthy takes abby's also joining us on the patreon mini-sode this week where we're doing a fatty film school all about gilmore girls so be sure to tune in after you listen to this episode for that welcome to the show and this round table abby hey how's it going (laughs) (laughs) what is your connection to melissa mccarthy what do you feel like she is for you in your vibes (laughs) what a good question this has been a bit of a journey for me i actually like 
I wrote really scathingly about Melissa McCarthy in my master's dissertation. <laughs> like, oh my gosh. I wrote all this stuff about how the like sexuality, like fat sexuality and Ooh. like the sort of like odd ways or, or really distinct ways that could like presents itself through some of her performances, especially thinking of like bridesmaids, you know, when oh my gosh. she and yes. Ben Falcone are having sex with that sandwich. <laughs> Oh my God. Uh, yes. But actually, like, as the years have gone by, I have, like, way chilled out about how I feel about Melissa McCarthy. Now I just <laughs> really love her. And I feel like she's my, like, big sister or, like, my fat aunt, you know? I love that. So we primarily are going to be talking to you about the physical comedy that she uses, which is, she does that a lot. She's like a premier physical comedy performer, I would say, of our day. I, Do you agree? I absolutely, yeah. Uh, so you agree. Melissa McCarthy is a premier. Yes, yeah. you agree. This is for, now we're just referencing Mean Girls. <laughs> I think it's a rare comedian where you see their name on a film and you just like immediately know that they're going to be like running the show. I feel like anytime yeah. I see her, even if she's like 10th build, I'm like, oh, great. There's going to be some good physical comedy in this. Yeah. And she definitely like consistently delivers on that. She's always funny. Even if it's a movie I know I don't want to see. I'm like, OK, she'll be funny in it. Yeah, for sure. Like I, I was kind of thinking about it. Well, in, in advance of this roundtable and also just in general. But I was thinking about how it would be so easy for the joke of her body being fat to be where that ends. And I actually think like looking over a bunch of examples, I really don't think that's what happened. Like, I really think she's just like a truly talented comedian with yes. like a very versatile set of facial expressions. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> you know? Okay, give us some examples. Give us give us your argument about Melissa McCarthy. Let's do being it. Classic. Let's, let's stretch do it. up. We'll prep. <laughs> <laughs> so I was thinking about it sort of from this angle. I was telling a friend, like, I'm gonna chat about Melissa McCarthy and trying to decide what examples to use. And she was like, Well, you know, like it shouldn't be that hard. Every Melissa McCarthy movie is the same. I was like, <laughs> I guess that's probably true. And then I went and watched some examples. And and here's the thing, like, that's easy to think because there are a lot of these like hallmarks that come up again and again, but they're actually really not the same. Like, you know, there are things that she does a lot. And I have a clip for you here. This is a clip from Identity Thief. And it's a little piece of Melissa McCarthy's physical comedy that I love. That's the understated side of it. And she has this sort of like kind of classic improv approach. So in this film she's stolen jason bateman's identity and he and her end up on a cross-country road trip as he tries to like get her to like turn herself in so essentially like the way that she's dressed in this film the way that this character looks is like way outsized like huge 80s hair right and like blue eyeshadow and like these like big moo-moos and kind of just like wild patterns and prints and she's doing this bit. She's not Southern in the movie. She's just doing a bit to screw with Jason Bateman here. And the whole time, like, she's just putting her whole body into this performance of, yes. like, <laughs> him trying to tell her not to eat. She just absolutely turns the entire thing on him. And it's just this, like, beautiful moment of, like, her sort of, like, I would call this her, like, less physical, physical comedy side. Uh, the tomato soup for me, please. That'll do it. I'm going to take a full slab of the baby bags, and I'm going to take that with mashed taters, hush puppies, and I'm gonna get a, uh, I'm gonna have a sweet tea. The fuck you are. I don't know what that means. I asked you to eat less food. What is wrong with you? This is a beautiful woman. You let her eat. No, he's right. Walter's a fireman. Oh. Uh. Yeah, that's okay, it's okay. He's a pretty 
really intense. She doesn't care. Accident last year, and he injured his male parts. He gets mad at me and takes his anger out on me, and then I feel bad about myself, and I feel ugly, and then I eat. Lord knows, I know I eat. No, I know no, I do no. It. You just wait right here, sweetheart, okay? Okay. I'm gonna wait right here. God. From the buffet, and it is on the house. That's so sweet. They let just like let her go, basically. It, that to me seems like an improv scene where they're just like, okay, now you're like just trying to make this waitress feel sorry for you to give you more food, <laughs> yeah. and she's like, okay, I'm just like making up more and more things. Yeah, and like, totally like love it. weaponizing that fat phobia too, like yes. absolutely turning that back around as though that's what's happening, and like fully yes. conforming to that expectation of like who she is based on how she looks. Yeah. Yes. You know, which I love. That's so funny. It's so funny. So this is a movie where she does a little bit of physical comedy, and then she sort of has these movies where she does a seemingly endless amount of physical yes. comedy. Something like The Heat, that buddy cop movie with her and Sandra Bullock. There's a, there's a great scene in that where Sandra Bullock parks in her spot, and so she has to go park somewhere else. And she ends up sandwiched between these two police cars. And to get out, she has to climb through the open windows of oh all of God. the cars in the line. What? What? watch the heat i've never seen it i, I gotta watch it <laughs> it's absolutely a blast she's like she gets like thrown around she's like hitting the ground she's like going out windows she's like falling downstairs you know but she's oh also an incredibly like capable cop ultimately in it amazing you know so there's sort of this like whole range and i think probably my favorite movie that kind of like encapsulate this all as like spy have you seen Spy? Oh, I love Spy. The reason that Spy is such a good example of her physical comedy is because she, like, truly does it all, like, while also managing to be very funny. Like, it's a really good example of how she uses her physicality, but it's not like she uses being fat. It's just, like, she uses her body in a funny way, the same way as, like, other people who are comedians do. Yeah. It's just, like, she's using her tools. Yeah, it almost mirrors what she does as an actress in her real life as a yes. comedian, right? Because she inhabits all these different roles in the movie. She goes from like, I love the recurring joke that she just keeps having to play these like dowdy women with yes. like really sad backstories, you know, yes. like lives in a basement, has 20 cats and like. Which is a joke about what society expects of people who look like Melissa McCarthy. Totally. Yeah, exactly. And she's, you know, certainly the most capable person in this movie. <laughs> yes, <laughs> like, definitely. She's a super spy. Yeah. It's so impressive that no matter what costume she dons, she like brings a unique edge to everything, but she still like throws her whole body into what she's doing. A hundred percent. Would you be able to name some elements of a Melissa McCarthy physical toolbox that you enjoy? Yes, I would. <laughs> I okay. would like to do that. Okay. The first Melissa McCarthy tool that I just absolutely love is like the flop. She just flops yes. down so often. <laughs> Yes. with such grace and I know you know of course she has the stunt woman because some of her stunts are absolutely yes. nuts and so like of course we need to 
credit where credit is due. And I think she has a stunt woman who who's like always with her as well, which I would also love to read about that person. Yeah, it's so know? neat. I actually uh, I watched that. There's a little like a Refinery Twenty Nine clip with her talking about like oh, really? being Melissa McCarthy's stunt woman. Yeah. Oh, we'll have to put that in the show notes. Yes, yeah, yeah. It's great. a it's really a treat because it's so like you can tell they have this really like synergistic relationship where she's worked exclusively with her for so long that like a lot of these moves are things that they like collaborate on to figure out how they can make them as fluid and seamless as possible i love that yeah so i'd still say it all originates with her even if she's not doing all of the moves but the flop and then i'll say the flip we get (laughs) it's in the boss the boss is a movie where she is a high-powered executive who ends up going to prison but then comes back out of it and creates like a a brownie empire to rival the girl scouts (laughs) oh my god and um, in this one and her costume is so different than what we've seen in this one she's got these like real fancy turtlenecks and ponchos and You know, she's got like the short hair instead of the long hair and she's kind of strutting her stuff around. But there's a scene where she imagines breaking into a building, how it will look. And she does like cartwheels down the hallway and like leaps (laughs) over the stairs and like rolls onto the elevator. And oh my God, you know, the reality is obviously completely different. But I think, yeah, so the flip and the flop would probably be my my two favorite. I think those are great examples. <laughs> I guess my last one is in terms of like physical comedy examples. I just think that she has every muscle in her face attuned to every expression. Yes. And that's another place where that like Melissa McCarthy movies are all the same. They're really not the same. She puts a ton of effort into creating these like unique character expressions that like match the personality of whoever she's playing. And so I think like her angry face in particular is one that I really, I wish I could replicate. Yeah. She really clearly enjoys cause she does different characters, but she's still herself. Like, mm-hmm. you know, she's going to have funny costumes, you know, she's going to like mess up the costume in some way, you know, she's going to like go after something really wholeheartedly which is like really fun. And you know, she's like not really going to get physically hurt, which is another thing that I like about her physical comedy is that it feels very safe. Like even when she's tumbling and stuff, she doesn't like, she doesn't break her arm. She doesn't like get busted up. You know, she's never bleeding or anything like that. Yeah, the most you get is like an ow, you know, or whatever. Like a a classic like cartoon reaction to getting hurt. Yeah, As opposed to like, you know, something kind of more sinister or serious. Yes, definitely. And so her pain is not the joke is what I mean by that. Yes. 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 Which I think is such a good point because it would be easy for the joke to be like, ha ha. Not even just like a fat lady. Yeah, but fat lady got hurt. Isn't that hilarious? I also I love that like she's regularly in these situations where like she's taking up a ton of space against like often she plays against like other much smaller women like in the boss her her counterpart is Kristen Bell who's obviously like a tiny girl. Or in Bridesmaids, I think that's a great example of, like, a place where she just, like, fills up the whole screen yes. with her energy and, like, ends up playing that kind of, like, big, boisterous energy with, like, without fear or without shame yes. about it. Like, she really, like, I don't love the metaphor usually, but I do think she kind of can be a bull in a china shop in a way that's, like, very yeah. productive, you Definitely. know? Definitely, yeah. And there are moments in her movies where there's, like, a joke I don't like or the joke is, like, it's funny that this, like, fat woman is flirting or something like that. Yeah. That often does come up, but she usually ends up playing it in a way that's like, 
you're laughing at Melissa McCarthy doing this. You're not like laughing at how pathetic her character is or something. Yeah, I think that's where her like improv background really shines through because yeah. like really does depend on the film and the angle. Like in the boss, she has this like old love connection with Peter Dinklage and they have like a uh-huh. weird sexual connection where they like kind of make out. But they shouldn't, but she's really into him, which actually is kind of fun and subversive in a couple different ways yes. really for both of them you know but then in like in the heat the running joke is that like all these men actually that one's quite good in the heat all these men keep coming up to her throughout the film and they're like why didn't she call me back like i thought we had like a special connection and she's like oh my I god you know stay away from me <laughs> or then in bridesmaid she's like way forwardly sexual with i can't remember ben falcone's name but the you know ben falcone yes that character <laughs> yeah yes her husband's character yeah which yes. is you know i think that shines through too they work together a lot and i i bet that that is part of the reason that her characters are so kind of nuanced and fun a lot of the time because she's not working with like some random writer she's not just given a, a script where she yes. has to be a fat lady they're really geared around her talents you know yes definitely also i don't always love the ben falcone movies but i do love that they happen like i love <laughs> yeah. for her <laughs> yeah, that right. she's married to a man who like writes and makes movies for, for her, her to star in <laughs> yeah like, I know. that's amazing you know i like i love that yeah you don't have to love every single one like i think i will yes. never watch tammy again oh tammy was so bad tammy was terrible like tammy is one of those films that i've felt very scathing feelings about for a long time because she ends mm-hmm. up like there's multiple scenes in that movie where her physical action is then like copied to an animal like yeah. there's a scene where she gets like chucked out of a car and dragged around on the road and she's like lying in a field and then it just like pans over to a cow if i remember correctly oh my god yeah you know. i feel like that movie had a lot of like stuff that i was like what's going on here yeah so like, i don't know what happened <laughs> needed another draft ben yeah but... maybe, maybe not always a hit but overall <laughs> i'd yes, say overall yeah. do you have any other clips for us of physical comedy yes i do so this is a clip from the boss that's the movie where she <laughs> takes poaches a bunch of girls from the girl scouts to build a brownie empire with Kristen bell and so it means that a lot of the physical comedy comes from her like sparring with this one parent she really doesn't like and picking on her so we can pick that up hey what do you think you're doing hi helen we're participating in the american dream not on this street you're not you think because you used to be someone that the rules don't apply to you and your pathetic band of rejects well you're wrong bitch oh helen well, you got a case of the old trench mouth. Did you let a corpse curl up and die in there? <laughs> oh. How'd that taste? Nice. Oh. 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 Let's get him! And this scene just goes into a bunch of girls fighting each other. At one point later in the sheet, shoves cookies into the mom's trousers <laughs> like, on the seat of the fans. Oh my God, love that. Also, yes, her look, like you were mentioning, incredible in this movie. So yeah. chic. Yeah. And so like, you know, so this is an example of combat where she's fighting this other mom and these like girls are all fighting each other. There's a great flop in here where, the, where she like pulls her down. I feel like she had, does a headbutt in most films that she's in at yes, some point. She loves a headbutt. <laughs> she <for> does. Sure. <laughs> this film the boss actually has like three fight scenes in it there's a sword fight with peter dinklage oh my god 
I gotta watch this. This sounds kind of fun. It is. It's uh, you know this one's a good like. It's kind of a vibey little little piece where she ends up being thrown around a lot. The boss also has two other wonderful fat women in it. Character actress Margot Martindale, who plays a nun (gasps) at the start. She's not in it for long, but she does show up. And then the ever delightful Kathy Bates, who plays a super wealthy lady. Icons. Yeah. Um, Well, thank you very much for your hot takes on the physical comedy of Melissa McCarthy. This was a great entree to her works of fart. (laughs) And... Now I can't wait to hear what you have to say about Gilmore Girls. So we're going to move on in this episode to the rest of our roundtable. But head over to Patreon after this and you'll hear us talk about Gilmore Girls. Yay. Thanks, Abby. Thanks. When I quit teaching and joined the CIA, I thought I was going to be this amazing spy. And I'm still just the same boring person I was. You play it too safe. I just hear my mom's voice. Just blend in. Let somebody else win. Making a wave isn't always brave. Brilliant. Give up on your dreams, Susan. Just to write that in my lunchbox. Our next roundtable guest is a writer and television and film critic, and she hosts a whole podcast about bad romantic movies, among many other creative pursuits. Jordan Searles, welcome. And thank you so much for coming on to talk about Spy. Thank you so much for having me. And of course, you know, Spy is a classic, so. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. So for the family that may not know about you yet, can you introduce yourself a little bit and tell them your vibes? Uh, my vibes are movies. I write about movies. I do a podcast about movies called Bad Romance <laughs> Podcast. I, I do comedy, which, you know, Sometimes that appears in movies. Yes. I appear on a lot of podcasts. I write. I write scripts myself, though. I've never really been paid to do it. But I do get paid to give script notes, which is nice sometimes. That's good. But yeah, I'm I'm the movie person. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Can you give us a brief intro to Spy for people who might not have seen it? Maybe a brief synopsis and when you first saw it, what you thought about it. Okay. So Spy is the story of Susan Cooper, who is, she's like an agent for the CIA, but she never has really seen the field. And she instead just like helps Jude Law is just like in his ear and his assistant. And she's been doing that for a while. And then Jude Law dies. And so <laughs> so they have to send someone into the field because whoever kills him knows about all of the agents that they have. So they have to send someone that no one knows about. And since she has just been doing this desk job, they send her. And also because, like, she doesn't look like a traditional secret agent. Yes, like the whole meaning she's Midwest mom vibes. Yeah. Is what, like what they keep pushing on her. Yeah. And so it's just like nobody would expect her to do that. It's like a thing where, you know she's trying to prove herself and she's finding herself at the same time really trying to prove her worth to the cia yes it's a delightful romp so it came out in 2015 yeah 2015 yeah and i remember when it came out i was like pleasantly surprised because i didn't like her previous two movies i think okay yeah she had done tammy and she had done she did bridesmaids which is fine And The Heat, yeah. And The Heat was okay. But I really feel like her comedy as, like, a law enforcement official (laughs) 
<laughs> or propaganda of some sort of other is definitely much better in Spy than it is in The Heat, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. I feel like I feel like Paul Feig really got the formula right with her in this movie. The Heat, yes. the heat is so interesting because I think that if it was like 20 minutes shorter, it would be perfectly fine. Like, yes. the big problem with The Heat is that it's way too fucking long. But yeah, with Spy, it's two hours, which is still a little long, but... You know, it really uses her well because she's stereotyped a lot in films because of her body. And so I love that this movie plays with that stereotype, addresses it directly. And then also, you know, is a little bit more realistic about her attractiveness. Like people actually treat her like she's attractive in this movie. And she is. Yes. And I've always thought she was. But then again, I I grew up on Gilmore Girls. And so... (laughs) You know, it's it's really interesting as a person who grew up on Gilmore Girls to see what Melissa McCarthy's film career became. Because on Gilmore yes. Girls, it's like, no one ever called her fat. Like, yes. she was fine with going on dates. She married an attractive man and, like, had children, yeah. and it was perfectly fine. And then in movies, everybody was just like, who would ever yes. touch her? And it's just like, <laughs> no, but, like, we already know that Ooh. someone would. We've seen this yes. already. <laughs> so why are we going backwards? Actually, a, like, a major issue that I have with Spy, one of the few major issues that I have, is that all of her clothing choices are awesome. And everyone's pretending like they're not. Like, she looks amazing. (laughs) (laughs) That's so true. She also, like, she just looks like a real person. You know, it's like, yes, maybe next to, um, what's her name? Who's, like, her fancy sidekick in this movie? Uh, Rose Byrne. Yeah, Rose Byrne, standing next to Rose Byrne, Melissa McCarthy looks like like a non-Hollywood person, you know what I mean? Because Rose Byrne looks like every other Hollywood white person, you know? Yeah, she but does. Like, like, I just rewatched the scene in Spy where she, she's on a car chase, okay? So she's doing like a, she gets on a motorcycle to do a little car chase. And that scene is really fun because it encapsulates some of the things you're talking about. Like, number one, she gets to look cute. She, like, has on this cute outfit. She's got a cool jacket on. I think she's in black. She's got, like, nice makeup on. Her hair is all curled. She looks nice. When she reaches the car with the enemies in it at the end, they're like, one of them is like, oh, do you have extensions in? And she's like, no, this is my real hair. No one just ever seen it down before. And she was like, oh, it looks nice. She's (laughs) in that scene. Melissa McCarthy looks nice. And she gets to do action stuff by going around on her motorcycle and there's still funny jokes like she jumps the motorcycle into some wet concrete and then she has to go really slow for a minute and she's yelling back at the construction men so it just allows her to give a much more full performance I feel like yeah yeah no I agree it's good to give her like I would love to see a movie and I really have not yet where she is just 
a person and like yeah. no one talks about her body at all because I feel like it would really reveal a lot about you know what she has going on you know normally yeah. there's not just like a I, I I guess in the kitchen it's kind of like that but the kitchen is just a bad movie in general so that I haven't sucks. seen the kitchen she's really interesting in the kitchen you should definitely check that out just to see I like will. how she's treated because she's like she's like hot in that movie I mean I think she's hot in this movie too but like yeah. I think that the other I think that in the kitchen they acknowledge that she's hot a little bit more than here <laughs> yes that's totally fair also there's like one of the jokes in this movie is that at the end she like supposedly sleeps with jason statham and then that's like a big joke right well yeah i mean the joke is really interesting because she's the one that doesn't want to be in bed with him right <laughs> which i which i like appreciate and i also yes. totally understand that because he's so <laughs> yes. obnoxious in it i actually really love oh my god i cannot say his name peter uh, oh, the, uh, the guy, yeah, yeah, the Sir. actor who plays the, like, romantic one, the one who's, like, obsessed with her. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. actually, I actually find him to be, like, I mean, he's, like, annoying, but I still find him to be, like, hot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and their whole dynamic is just, like, really interesting, because it just seems like he's one of the few people that just like treats her like a person like it's just like i like your boobs <laughs> yes exactly and, wait so explain who this character is okay he's like a liaison to the cia that like drives them places but he mm -hmm. also just like every single time he's around melissa mccarthy he's just like he's trying to fuck he's trying to fuck the entire time and she's yes. ir and she's irritated with him the entire time which i think is a lovely <laughs> dynamic <laughs> It's really fun to see. I mean, it is fun to see her turn down advances and especially ones that aren't just like, like Bridesmaid had a lot of like, isn't it gross that these two people would be attracted to each other? It's like not like that, you know, yeah. it's like, it's, it's funny that she gets to turn down this thing because of course she's attractive and he's like a weird guy, but like, it's still a fun thing yeah and i do love that like her like jason statham is kind of like you can tell that he likes her too throughout it but the way that he expresses it is weird and so it's nice that yeah. she's got like these two like hot men who are definitely interested in her and then there's like jude law who kind of gets like who she's really into at the beginning but then like when he shows up again at the end she's just like eh, you know what which You're is not what's great. fun yeah which is like so fun especially because that is like than a normal like average rom-com trope for someone is to be like they love the hot guy and then they learn they learn he's not actually good by the end of the movie like she's allowed to do that instead of still being like super into the hot guy she's allowed to like move forward she doesn't get to have that much dignity in her comedies always yeah you know? it's just yeah it treats i get the whole like she looks like a mom thing and she does she's you know like she does look like a mom i've always thought that but like a hot mom a hot well like... she certainly looks like a mom in cultural conception more than rose burnt but that's True. just because she's standing next to rose burnt yeah it's weird to me because like i've never been attracted to rose burns and so i actually love <laughs> in this movie that like in my opinion melissa mccarthy is dressed better melissa mccarthy yes. just has more sexual energy whereas like rose yes. Byrne just kind of has this weird like she plays straight man i mean she plays the straight man which is like very it's like fun to see that happen and also because like you know whatever i get resentful when the hot girl always gets to be the funny one too because i'm like that's what we get in real life 
what do we get? The bit of fun I want. Yeah. Not like really, but you know what I mean? <laughs> like, come on. So it's like funny to me that Roseburn does, she's like definitely more likable to me in this straight man role than she is trying to be really funny. So, okay, here's a question. So how does, how do you think Spy in general treats its main character's body? Like as in who is the joke on, who's making the joke and who is laughing? I mean, a lot of the time the joke was on Melissa McCarthy, I do feel, but the movie does a thing, which I noticed that after this movie, it happens a lot more where she's just very, she's insulting people all the time. And that's kind of like how they do the equalizers, kind of equalize it a bit. So it's like, everybody has like, wants her to be the butt of the joke, but then also she's really funny and making fun of everybody else. (laughs) Yes. I also think it's like this movie more than others. She seems to be participating in the jokes a little more or a little more like as I was thinking again about that scene I just mentioned with the car chase. First, she tries to steal a covered motorcycle and then like falls over. But instead of the joke being like, oh, she's so fat. She can't get out of it. She can't fall over. She gets out and she's like, And then she like steals another motorcycle. So it's like, she's like doing the joke or like even when she does the jump and she's like, okay, I got to do the jump. And then she goes into the wet concrete in that scene. It is dumb. Like it's dumb. Like she looks dumb, but she's doing it still. She's still on the chase. And then she continues the chase and she shoots out the tire. You know what I mean? Like she's more successful. So it's, it mitigates it. Yeah. What do you think? Tell me about one of the scenes you thought of. I feel like all the scenes, like, since, like, the private plane scene, I just felt like she was just, like, killing it very consistently since that scene. Yes. Where she just, like, takes the reins from Rose Byrne. Like, the way that she avoids dying through the whole rest of it is just generally impressive to me. (laughs) Agreed. Agreed. For fuck's sake! I got it. I know what to do. This one's for fine. Down draft! Not again! Do you have any idea what you're fucking doing? The controls are so sensitive! Oh, God! One of these dead fuckers just shit its pants. And at the end, she gets to look really pretty, right? She, like, wears that pretty dress, and she gets to be on the hill and, like, look awesome, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I love it. Like, even in the scene where I, like, Rose Byrne makes fun of her for having lipstick on her teeth or whatever, and I'm just like, (laughs) whatever, that's still, like, a great shade of lipstick. Like, she's still looking good. (laughs) (laughs) How do you feel this, how do you appreciate this movie in the larger Melissa McCarthy canon? Specifically in this episode, we've also talked about her physical comedy so how do you feel like this movie like fits in a showcase of melissa mccarthy's career uh well i think that this is definitely the best use of her physical comedy that that i've seen and so this that's like top tier god like and there there's just like so many stinkers for her that it's it's a shame that like (laughs) like you know because there's life of the party there's tammy there's identity thief which is a movie that i absolutely hate there's the boss apparently she has a new 
movie on HBO Max called Super Intelligence that that also oh. her husband directed, and I have not seen it. But I remember like generally like the discourse around Ben Falcone is like free her. <laughs> yeah, I don't trust him. Free, I don't I, trust him. <laughs> I truly, I do not like. It's weird. It's just like because he didn't really have much of a career before her, and uh-huh. it's just like <laughs> it's just like if they ever broke up, like he wouldn't have a career after her. Wow. Like she is keeping him working right now. Honestly. <laughs> My only real major issue with Spy is that after it, no comedy film after that really captured, like really up to the ante and gave her more. Like, Can You Forgive Me is like a comedy drama. Like it's a very yeah. it's a very sad movie in a lot of ways. But I think that Spy is the best comedy that she's done. I'm glad we agree because that makes me feel like my opinion's right, because I think you have good opinions. <laughs> <laughs> Um, okay, do you have anything else to say about Spy before we wrap up? This has been so fun. I do enjoy, like, for Undercover, like, I know it's like the joke is on her, but her Undercover stuff, I do love how, like, the costumes that they give her are ways that she could move around undetected. Like, she's, like, she's undercover in a good way. It's just, like, it's, like, playing on, like, I don't even know. I feel like if I went undercover, they would also dress me up like a mom. (laughs) Yeah, so when she's getting her undercover, outfits for the listeners there's a whole scene where she gets undercover outfits that are all like she wants to have like cool spy outfits and she doesn't see these as like cool spy outfits because they're like what would people look at you and think you are like a midwestern mom like yes here's your costume i don't remember like what the other costumes are someone who has a bunch of cats yes someone has a bunch of cats yes exactly yeah it was the mom and then the cat lady were the major Uh ones yeah (laughs) yes we're giving you a new identity will no longer be Susan Cooper. You're Penny Morgan, divorced housewife from Iowa. The confidence builder. It is funny, though. I mean, there's the same joke, similar, or a similar joke, in Black Lady Sketch Show. Do you remember? Did you watch that one? Oh, yeah, yeah. And there's the one sketch where, like, she's like, I'm a secret agent, but, like, my thing is, like, nobody sees me because, like, I'm, like, a, oh, like, a mid... Yes, Yeah, she's yeah. like, I'm, like, a mid-sized, like, average-looking person, so, like, I slip into everywhere. It's me. I'm the agent. I'm Trinity. So, yeah. Trinity is incredible. Her regular-looking face makes her nearly invisible in the field. But around here, she's a real legend. Sorry to interrupt. It's Trinity's birthday. Can you sign her card? Uh, I'm sitting right here. It's like a similar joke. I like it. Yeah, I think that that was a Nicole Byer bit. I think so. Was it? I think it's in. I think it was in Black Lady Sketch Show, no, but I could it, be no, wrong. No, it was in Black Lady Sketch Show, but I thought that oh. it was. I think it was Nicole Byer doing the bit, is what I'm oh, saying. Okay, I love her. Oh, love my, her. Yeah, no, she's she's incredible. One of the funniest women working right now, Nicole Byer. I would actually love. She should be headlining a comedy sometime. She's too. an icon. She should. She should absolutely be in a comedy. I would love that. Honestly, I would love it. Yeah, honestly, she could do a movie with Melissa McCarthy. I I would I would adore that. I think I was that, just gonna say I think that oh. they would have great chemistry. I really do. They would have such good like play off each other energy, I feel like. Yeah, I would oh my god. See I'm now I'm imagining that. See, that's how Me too. that's how I need to cheer myself up. I need to write a Nicole Byer <laughs> <laughs> Melissa McCarthy comedy. Please do. Nicole Byer is our icon. Absolutely love her. Yeah. Okay, great. Well, thank you for telling us 
all of your thoughts about Melissa McCarthy and Spy. Do you want to tell the family where they can find you, things they should do to follow you, and other anything else you want to shout out? Yeah, well, I'm on Twitter and Instagram at J-O-U-R-D-A-Y-E-N. Uh, you can listen to Bad Romance Podcast wherever you find your podcast, and that Twitter is at Bad Romance Pod. The Bad Romance Podcast will be in the Real Love Film Fest Ooh. on the 10th, so I don't know when this is coming up, but I think it goes from like the 10th to the 14th, and we're gonna be, we're doing an episode on this wild rom-com called The Other Woman with um, Cameron Diaz and Nicki Minaj and, and oh Leslie Mann and stuff like oh that. Oh my god. So yeah, that's cool, and you know, I have a Substack now. I moved on to Substack. Oh, now you have a Substack. Wow, I gotta, <laughs> I gotta go over the Substack. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll put all of that, including the Substack link, in our show notes. Jordan, thank you so much for being here. It's a pleasure to talk to you and hear your thoughts and we're so glad to have you on the show thanks so much for having me it was fun ryan reynolds here from Mint mobile with the price of just about everything going up during inflation we thought we'd bring our prices down so to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Just these. I don't want the others. Come on, man. I slept these all the way here. There's people waiting. You know, you don't have to be so disrespectful. You've actually carried my books here. And you are? Lee Israel. Oh, we have copies of your latest work right over there. Nobody is going to pay for the writer Lee Israel right now. I'm months behind in my rent, and my cat is sick. My suggestion to you is you go out there and you find another way to make a living. Recently found this delightful sign letter. Fanny Bryce, one of my favorites. I could give you 75. Oh. I can't say that I regret any of my actions. In many ways, this has been the best time of my life. All right, here we are as part of our Melissa McCarthy Roundtable. So lucky to have my friend Sean Taylor, Instagrammer, content creator, amazing person, at Hey Sean Taylor on social if you want to go follow her. Um, welcome to the show, Sean. Thank you for being here with us. Hey! Yeah, I'm so happy to be here. Are you kidding me? 
So today we are talking about, per Sean's suggestion, a Melissa McCarthy movie I've never seen before until we were going to talk about it. Can you ever forgive me? I can't believe that you hadn't watched this until just now. I'm not really a movie person. I'm a TV garbage person. I read books and watch garbage. <laughs> yeah, I really relate to that, actually. And the few times that I do watch movies usually is on an airplane. Mm -hmm. And I'm pretty sure I was actually like on the plane to film The Circle really? when <laughs> I watched this. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. That's which so is kind, funny. It's kind of like a weird vibe yes. like weird thing to get you in a, a mindset but yeah absolutely <laughs> it was interesting to watch during quarantine so a brief brief plot summary of the movie melissa mccarthy plays a role unlike many of her other roles it's a serious movie and she is like an unlikable like writer and she goes through some financial struggles and decides to start forging letters from famous previous writers and then gets in a whole tangle with that and then ends up getting in trouble for it and like that's that's where it is the title makes it seem more dark than it is really i think the the line is like yeah. a line from one of the letters that she writes but the way that the title made me be like holy shit like what does she do <laughs> yeah it did like it almost gives me like i think the title i was expecting something like uh, like the play or the movie Doubt. Yes, you know. Yes. I was just thinking about that. Yes, <laughs> like someone exactly. in ruins at the end of this. Which what is it? That's so bad. Like what? Literally what? But like you know, it's not. It's she. She. She shouldn't be forging letters. But it's not that bad. Like she's fine. She's. It's okay. <laughs> Right. It's definitely dark, yes. but it's not, like, life over no, dark. No, it's humorous, and it's also, what's cool about it is that it's just a portrait of a person, and, like, yeah. it's so rare that we get to see actually fat people play these roles. Yeah. I read that someone else was slated to be her, to be this character. Did you read about that? Let me Google No, her. I didn't. Yes, Who? let me Google it. So in, in the movie that we see now, Melissa McCarthy and this actor who I'm sure I've seen before, but don't remember in things, they both play like queer characters who are doing basically this. So this Screen Daily article says an intriguing story of two gay misfits on an unlikely crime spree, but it is initially was attached with Julianne Moore and Chris O'Dowd. No. Wouldn't no, that no, have no, been no. totally Absolutely different? Absolutely no to Julianne Moore. <laughs> right? No. Yeah, because I feel like I'm trying to think of like what er other characters like I've thought this before, but it just adds like such a realistic and authentic layer yeah. to this person. Like, so she's what, like a memoirist or writes like biographies yeah. for yeah. people. And so it's always kind of like this element of her being like unseen, you know, kind of like invisible yes. in her work. And the like, I mean, obviously, I think a lot of people have felt that like invisible and hyper visible thing but then also just the resentment that comes yes. with that and like it's a whole nother layer when there's like a fat person playing that I feel and I I don't think the movie necessarily has like overt fat politics in it like it doesn't talk about fatness really like they don't, there's no dialogue about it I mean yeah but just having her there first of all Melissa McCarthy is fat but she's not that fat you know what I mean? She's not, mm -hmm. like, super fat or anything. She's, like, fat and fat right. in the movies. But, like, it honestly, to me, she just reads like a person. Yeah. She just reads like a normal person, <laughs> you know? Yeah, totally. It is funny how I didn't really 
think much about that while it was going on, but there, I can't think of a single mention of her weight. weight in it's just the movie. part of it. It is an effective part, like you're saying, of her characterization as a fat, middle-aged lesbian, feeling past her prime, like not able to get attention from her agent, resentful about not being able to do what she wants, resentful about not getting the attention she wants, cold and unwilling to like, not sure how to break out of where she is. But it's so clear how much of that too is like, yeah, society treats her like trash, you know, like nobody pays attention to her because she's like a grumpy late fat lady. You know? Yes. It's my writing. You're impersonating other people. Nobody's buying Lee Israel letters. What came to mind is like, you know the like the term like the halo yeah. effect? You know, like when someone's beautiful, people assume more great things about you. Like this is like the opposite yes, of that. Totally. <laughs> it's like she's just someone who could not catch a break. Yes. And everything about her demeanor, her appearance, and then just like being kicked down and not wanting to like trust or be friendly to yeah. people. It's just like it all compounds yes, for her. Yes, yeah. absolutely. It's really interesting because this is the first movie I've seen Melissa McCarthy really disappear into the role. Like, a lot of the other movies she does on purpose are like, like, that's what comedy movies usually are with a star. You know, it's Melissa McCarthy right. plays this crazy character in this situation or whatever, which like, that's great, but that's another genre. And this is, like, if it had been Julianne Moore, it would have been Julianne Moore playing this character. Do you know what I mean? No. It's like the, the classic trope of like, like the girl with the glasses on right. and she takes like, them did off. Did Julianne think this was beautiful. her monster or something? Like, what did she, you know, like, no, I don't want that. Yeah, <laughs> I felt like I related to her. I related to Melissa McCarthy in this role so much more than a lot of other, like, fat protagonists yeah. in roles. Like, I love, what I really like about this movie is that she's kind of or very much a bitch yes like she's not a friendly or nice person and I feel like so many movies with fat representation there's like a story of like if only you believe yes. in yourself if only you put yourself out there yes. then everything could be good for you and the boy will like you and it's just like you're like a doughy bright eyed baby yes. faced fatty and like that's never been my yes. truth same <laughs> and same. I've always related to more like I don't know. Yeah, that feeling of just being overlooked and being mad about it and like not not always vibing with people. Yes, and it's a much more relatable version of like there's a lot of movies with male unlikable characters, a lot. And they're always anti-heroes and whatever. She's not she's sort of an anti-hero. I mean, like she's the hero of the movie. We root for her even though she's like fucking up consistently. And right. you know she's not going to get away with it, but you still, you know, yeah. she's not the villain. But like truly the anger comes from a such a different place than it does with like, you know, a misanthropic like Dr. House or something like that. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, you know, all in context, like she's still white, she's able-bodied, all those things. Of course. But she clearly is a person who feels very unjustly ignored whether or not that's true like for her writing merit you know on her writing mm. merit she feels like I'm a good writer that should be enough and it's not enough clearly you know like for the literary market for the people around her and she admits too to later you know like she meets up with her ex at one point and I thought that whole scene is like a really good 
interesting example of a scene you can have between an unlikable character. This this like ex-girlfriend comes in. We don't ever see her again. We learn more about um, Melissa McCarthy's character. And like she's not she doesn't get absolution from it. We just like learn more about how she was a bad partner. You know? Yes. I felt like they really tried their best to like avoid that like oh and now like I learned my lesson and everything's different like yeah. I, I kind of felt like at the end it was like I regret this not because I like turned people off but because I didn't get to be myself yeah. like actually like breaking the law was pretty dope for me yes. <laughs> but I just wish I got to be me and like live fully and love fully more yeah. like something I was noticing as I was watching it back was it, it seemed to me almost like all the people that she like conned along the way are people that she actually would have gotten along with like people that could have been her friends potentially right definitely the woman who wanted to date her for sure uh, where she like right? blocked herself at the restaurant yeah. <laughs> Because she's just so insecure and, like, unsure, can't be vulnerable, can't do it. Like, she just can't. But, like, you're so right. It's, like, she has a really interesting scene at the end where she's yelling at her friend. And it becomes clear how much she really just wants to be able to write and see have people see her writing. And instead, she's the way that she's found to write is, like, write older, respected writers' letters. Which means she's participating in creating this idea of them. It's not like she's, you know, here's an undiscovered book by them or whatever. It's all part of the, like, she's, like, mad at what's wanted right then, which is the appearance of literary merit, essentially, is what the letters are. Like, it's, like, yes. giving you more info about the people, but also mostly the letters are a collector's item. The reasons they're bought are to be put on someone's wall. So she's, like, fine, I can't get my book on someone's bookshelf, fuck them. Like, I'm gonna be in their house, they won't even know. I'm embellishing literary letters by prominent writers. I love his writing. Particularly clever, don't you think? Caustic wit. You were looking at one month's rent. And it's like so, symptomatic's not the right word, and neither is emblematic, but sim <laughs> symbolic. It's so symbolic yeah. <laughs> of how she just can't, seem to push through to be seen for who she is as she is and she knows that she's not she doesn't even like herself as she is right and yeah I love that it's like we see her with like all her faults not liking herself and just still just like sitting in it and stewing in it and I just I, I felt watching it again too just like I feel like this is one of the few movies with like a fat actor or a fat actress particularly where it's like I want like Don Draper level yes. complexity for like dowdy fat lesbians, yes. you know? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It's not even that it's like, oh my God, this is the best movie ever, like blah, blah. It was a good movie. And I say that as someone who watched Die Hard 3 twice in the last year. <laughs> <laughs> but like, it's a good movie, but I watched it and I was like, oh, this is what we could have. Like mm -hmm. complex, fat characters complex just real characters you know yeah and it's an asset it is an asset in this movie her body is an asset to the character it helps us understand the character and it's not something yeah. that a thin actor had to put on and pretend to understand what it would mean to your life she can just embody it because she lives it yeah you know even just like the acceptability of her and like the way she dresses and how people are like you got to get your shit together where it's like if that was a thin person right. it's like 
that's kind of like a romantic trope that people oh, yeah. look past a disheveled writer, you know? I mean, you can even see that with her friend, her gay friend. He gets away with a lot because he's like, he used to be handsome. So he, like, he has that moment right. where he's like, I forget the exact line, but he says like, you can do a lot with like a pair of sh- like sparkling blue eyes, you know? And he kind mm-hmm. of like skates by, but also he's, he's yet another warning of like, what do you, what happens after like 50 years of just skating by and not digging deep into what your life and your personality is you know in the end being thin doesn't help him either he also fucks up you know totally in terms of like the comedy in it it's like melissa mccarthy is a really talented actress and i'd love to see her do more stuff like this but there were maybe like a handful of moments where i laughed in this like it wasn't she really wasn't like leaning into like the comedy chops that she obviously has. It is interesting to see her broad comedy chops tuned down. Like I'm thinking of one of the first moments she does something illegal in the film where she leaves the party of her book agent and she's pissed because she can't get the book agent to pay attention to her. She wasn't even invited to the party. And then she sees a famous author there holding court and he's just talking bullshit. He's just talking about nothing. And she's like, fuck this and the party has like a coat check so she goes and she's like um that's my coat and they just hand it to her and she walks out and she's like she has this like look on her face that's like yeah fuck you like and it's like not a big scene it's like a little bit it's like she's testing the water she's not sure if she can get away with it and then she's like oh that felt good and like even a scene like that is like you know, any other fat character movie, it could be like, the coat doesn't fit. She trips on the coat. She falls down the stairs. You know what I mean? Like. <laughs> yeah. No, you're so right. <laughs> and it's not that. she. It's like we, we are allowed to see how it affects her, you know, which yeah. is nice. I was thinking a lot about in this movie, too, because this is something that I've felt sometimes where I feel like sometimes the ways where I sought validation, I sometimes had to not go the direct or traditional route. I felt like I had to like kind of go around the back door sometimes and like just her stealing the coat or, or, or just all of the fraud that she's doing. It's like true outsider and what that like forces that person to do in order to make it by and feel seen like let's say she did just like I don't know put on a pantsuit and like show up like I I don't know would she have like gotten what she was looking for would they have been willing to give her that maybe not probably not you know exactly like that people have to look outside of like traditional forms of like validation and success definitely when they're just so othered yeah like you said a lot of times we expect these movies to be like she's rejected from this area so she goes and thrives in this other area and that's not what it is and and part of that's because of the story but also part of it's because of how like it makes sense for her character a lot of time there'll be movies like this and i'll be like why didn't she just go become an accountant? Like, who gives a fuck? You know what I mean? Like, this was so difficult for her. But, like, that's not how you feel because she's such an embodied character. And you're like, no, she doesn't want to do anything else. She's going to keep doing this till it kills her. That's who she is. Yeah. You know, like, you get it. I'd be really interested to hear... I mean, obviously, this movie was meaningful to us, like, for many reasons. But, like, I'd be interested to hear if thin people who don't think about this stuff, like, what they thought, if they were just like, I didn't want to look at her or whatever. Like, if they had stuff they didn't want to examine. You know what I mean? Like, I'm very curious what people's reactions were to it and if they noticed this kind of thing. There's also definitely more men 
who are fat or fat or chubbier who are allowed to have kind of complex movies like this. Yes. And I yeah. also think like, you know, Melissa McCarthy being white allowed this movie to happen as well. You know, fat black women in movies are given all sorts of other, you know, things that they have to deal with in terms of tropes and just roles right. they're allowed to have and how they're allowed to exist in movies and blah, blah, blah. So like, even with all that, I like, it makes me wonder how people received it other than us, but we won't know. Cause we're not, interviewing them so haha yeah I am curious <laughs> I was kind of thinking about that too towards the end because I do feel like as like a fat depressed bisexual <laughs> woman who lives in New York I was like this is like a must see for me yeah. <laughs> I would say like must see if you check those boxes oh too but outside of that I'm curious <laughs> yes Okay, do you have any other thoughts about the placement of this movie in the Melissa McCarthy canon before we wrap up this part of our roundtable? Ooh, I think, like, my biggest hope is that I want to see more of this. Me too. Like, I personally love dark comedy, and I feel like there's moments of that yes. in this. And I, I, I just think, like, she's she's so talented. It's kind of funny, like, based on what we were just saying, like, Lee Israel being someone, like, I just want to be seen yes. for my skills. It's like, obviously, Melissa McCarthy is hilarious. But, like, she has the skills to be doing other things. And I, I hope she gets the opportunity to keep on playing more complex, I would love to see her do more serious characters. roles. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. She's so good in this. Okay. Thank you for being part of this Melissa McCarthy roundtable. You look beautiful in the late afternoon light coming through your window. From Yeah, golden hour really happened yes, for me right now. Yes, you look now. great. You look beautiful. <laughs> Thanks for having me. You rock. And that's the episode. Yelly, are you McCarthy'd out? <laughs> for the moment, yes. But that's okay because I have this Apple podcast review from Emily who says, working from home has been so lonely and I feel like I'm getting a hug every time I listen to She's All Fat. Stay wonderful. Oh, that's so nice. I love that. I am sending you a hug, Emily. If you want to make us laugh and cry and someday get to new and noteworthy, <laughs> leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. And we cannot forget to shout out our patrons. Thank you to Kim Mitchell, Logan Alley, Rebecca Rohano, Caitlin Noble, Dakota, Jessica Alley, Claire Nutchturn, Sarah Richmond Davido, Sabrina Hersey Issa, and Sarah Pepe. We could not make the show without you. Bye! She's All Fat was created by me, Sophie Carter-Khan, and April K. Quio, who graduated. We are an independent production. If you'd like to support the work we do, you can join our Patreon by visiting patreon.com slash she's all fat pod. When you pledge to be a supporter, you'll get all sorts of goodies and extra content please make sure to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. It's super important in making sure people find the show so we can grow the family. Be sure to check out the show notes for links to the stuff we mentioned today. And don't forget to send us your questions at fyi at she'sallfatpod.com. You can also leave us a voicemail at 213-375-5023 and we might even play it on the pod. Our episode ads are done in partnership with Acast. If you're interested in sponsoring the show, you can get started at acast.com. Our theme music was composed and produced 
produced by Carolyn Pennypacker Riggs. Our website was designed by Jesse Fish, and our logo is by Hannah Sanger. Lynn Barbera co-produced and edited this episode. Yelly Cruz is our magical junior producer. Our thin crony forever is Maria Vertel. I'm our host and co-producer. Our Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter handles are at She's All Fat Pod. You can find the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, and wherever else you get your podcasts. Stay safe. We love you. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com.